Chapter Two of An American in the Making: The Life Story of an Immigrant by Marcus Eli Ravage. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Two: The Gospel of New York. The very next day, my father took me by the hand and marched me straight up to great headquarters. He had done some deep thinking all night and had apparently worked up an exceedingly clever scheme at least i supposed it was clever until we reached our destination i had been given only the broadest outline of it but i gathered from that that it was essentially a plan to induce Coza to take me to america with him when he returned details to be worked out later when however we got within a block of cousin jacob's store my heart sank and father turned very pale here was a line of similarly clever fathers with equally shamefaced sons and daughters extending from jacob's store in the front all the way around the little circular park which was in the center of the shopping district and another shorter column in the rear starting from the back door and ending a block away at the gate of the courthouse the total effect was of two opposing armies struggling for the capture of jacob's store and the great prize within and every father and son there claimed relationship with Coza, and was ready i suppose to back it up with documentary evidence and a flourishing family tree i had never realized that all of vaslui belonged to my family it was just at this time that the notorious itzabayer entered upon the scene in real earnest to the shame of vaslui be it confessed that he had succeeded in gathering about him a very considerable following and strangely enough among men who had hitherto been held in high esteem for their integrity and shrewdness it is at such stirring times as these that men go astray when one or two of those whom Coza had felt obliged to discourage in their emigration plans chanced to speak of their disappointment itza bayer suggested that they might offer to share their first million with Coza in return for the passage across he and his followers organized themselves into an anti-coza committee which made ridiculous claims of seeking to save vaslui and in the end they very nearly succeeded in ruining the hope of the town from the day of the great incident at the synagogue rumors of an infinite variety had gained currency regarding certain phases of Coza's career in america no one was able to trace them to their source but they kept issuing with ever increasing frequency and with the emphasis of unquestionable truth we tried to discuss them with Coza himself but he could not be induced either to confirm or to deny them he would simply smile confusedly and declare that everything was possible in new york but at the end of that week a report of the most stupendous sort reached our ears it was to the effect 
that our guest was not merely a millionaire but that he held a very high government position in america something resembling a prefect or a minister this time we besieged him and insisted on knowing the truth for this news was no matter of mere personal glory for an individual it revealed one side of that wonderful america that we had not thought of before one could get rich once in a while even in rumania but that our humble downtrodden people could not only vote but be voted for and hold office in new york was a revelation of the most startling and inspiriting kind this time i say we would not be put off with modest blushes Cosa, of course tried to hedge about by admitting that people of our kind might become members of the government that religion in america was a private matter unconnected with politics and that he had himself heard of an american president by the name of abraham he could not remember the other name but while all this was gratifying to a degree vaslui demanded to know the whole truth was it true that he himself was the prefect of new york if it was then nothing else mattered because everything was as clear as day finally the conference ended in a compromise of the prefecture of new york he could by no means be persuaded to speak but after long and cruel drilling and cross-examining he did confess that his visit to vaslui was only a side trip incidental to his commissions in paris as a special representative of the american government to the world's exposition and the prose dreyfus after that confession Cosa's modesty dropped from him like a mask once his mouth had been forced open he found great difficulty in closing it again until we knew as much about new york as he did which is to say everything he seemed eager now to make us realize how dull and circumscribed and enslaving was our existence in rumania and then point in contrast to the freedom and the wealth and the beauty of that city of god which was new york there were many ways of getting rich in america he told us people got paid it seemed even for voting a mere slip of a girl could earn fifty francs a week at making blouses girls indeed were not a burden there as they were in vaslui in america the richest young ladies earned their own living fed and clothed themselves and saved up the necessary dowry to get a husband with in fact girls were altogether an enviable asset to their parents a man who had a half-dozen grown daughters or even a skillful wife could be independent and free for the rest of his natural life one of the trunks that Cosa had brought with him we were to learn was filled with american newspapers and with their help 
he preached to us the gospel of new york seated on the divan in that vast room at the rear of his brother jacob's store which constituted the family's apartment he would spread before him one of those extensive sheets and delight his open-mouthed collars with a message from the great world he had come from i do not know what other people got out of those readings but i myself was terribly excited by them so that for months afterward i dreamed of nothing but ingenious murders and daring robberies committed in broad daylight by clean-shaven desperadoes in frock coats and silk hats i conceived of new york as a brave adventurous sort of place where life was a perilous business but romantic for that very reason those american newspapers puzzled us considerably we had expected that they would naturally be in english but we discovered with surprise that for the most part they were printed in our own familiar yiddish although it was a yiddish somewhat corrupted like Koza's own speech with a curious admixture of strange barbarisms Koza laid great emphasis as was most natural on the unlimited opportunities for earning money in new york and to that end he invited our attention to the pages upon pages of frantic appeals from america for every variety of help it was vastly encouraging to hear him read those appeals and to know how badly we were wanted in america but we were a little obtuse at times we could not understand for instance why anyone should want a dozen girls to keep on working at blouses day after day without end what did a body want with so many wastes we asked our interpreter but we got little satisfaction in that regard he seemed to delight in filling his mouth with those strange long words that somehow got into every sentence and spoiled its meaning for us and he showed i thought decided resentment at being interrupted with a request to explain when his own brother jacob asked to be told what was meant by a stenographer Koza contented himself with pointing the moral as to the brutalizing effect of living in such a place as Vaslui, where grown men did not know the things that every child in New York knew. That was perhaps a bit hard on my poor cousin, but even he could not help agreeing with Koza and hoping all the more deeply in consequence that his children at least might some day get out into the civilized world if any proof were needed of Koza's high character and noble interests and if anything could effectively give the lie to the unwarranted ill-tempered slurs of itza bayer and his anti-koza party we got it in Koza's constant references to education he pointed with profound scorn to the inferiority of the Romanian schools and denounced our government bitterly for forcing us to pay an annual tuition rate of 30 francs for each pupil in the elementary schools. In New York, it appeared, education was to be got 
all together without cost by jew and gentile alike by day or by night the government of america not only did not exact charges for instruction it compelled parents to send their children to school and it begged grown-ups to come and be educated when their day's work was over Koza cited instances of young men of his acquaintance who had become doctors and lawyers and of young women who had become teachers by studying at night and earning their living in the daytime he had himself obtained his remarkable education in that way after these sessions my father would come away flushed with enthusiasm and repeat excitedly america is good america is good he had long been cherishing the hope of making a doctor of me but he had not even succeeded in getting me into the public school every fall he would take me around from number one to number two and always he would get the same answer no room i knew of hundreds of other cases like my own there was nothing for us to do but to go to the little private institutes and pay heavily for the scanty instruction we got when we reached the high school stage matters got even worse vaslui did have a gymnasium but a poor fellow had not a chance in the world of getting in the tuition was high the school was overcrowded and it was necessary to have a certificate of graduation from a public school to be admitted the nearest university was at bucharest and it would take a small fortune to go there and a very large one to make ends meet during the seven or eight years of instruction supposing that one succeeded in getting in father had almost given up the idea in despair when america appeared in the nick of time to save the situation unhappily these glorious chats about america were to be cut short with tragic swiftness some of our townsfolk were too insistent about their own selfish interests and kept pestering him with their requests to be taken to america one night i recall the widow Shandel came with her eight children and coaxed and begged and cried she promised that she would slave for him and clean his shoes and scrub his mansion and care for his horses and weed his gardens if only he would save her from the poverty and the tax-gatherer by taking her and her children away to new york when poor Koza could no longer endure the painful scene, he ended it by the sacrifice of his own dignity. My dear woman, he said, do you take me for a millionaire? Then he grew very confused and grunted something in his deep bass voice. But I admired him for the splendid way in which he said it. It gave me a last glimpse of the fine modesty of the old Koza of the pre-donation period. Yet it was very clear that scenes of that sort were cruelly wearing to his sympathetic spirit, and that he was getting restless to leave. At the end of Koza's second week, 
Itza Bayer became shamelessly hostile. He declared that he could no longer stand by in silence while this braggart was bringing misery and discontent upon poor people just to feed his own vanity. And he let it be known that he intended to denounce Koza as an old fugitive from the recruiting officer. When Koza heard of this, he declared with a smile that he would like to see any little Romanian king lay hands on an American citizen. To which Itza Bayer retorted that he was ready to bet his beard and earlocks that the pretended American citizen did not even have his first papers. No one took him up on that because of the obvious technical points involved. But the next morning, Vaslui awoke to learn with bitter disappointment that a telegram from Paris had recalled the special representative to his duties. He had left in such haste, the official statement added, that he had not even taken his trunks the glory of our city was gone forever for although the hope was held out to us that he would return for another short stay and for his costly baggage as soon as captain dreyfus had had his trial we never saw him again he did not even come to get his niece whom he had promised to take with him to america but contented himself with meeting her on the Hungarian border. The evident dislike he had taken to Vaslui hurt us sorely, and puzzled us not a little, although we might have understood that a man of his caliber could not long put up with the annoyances he had been subjected to. Nothing but fear of the law prevented my infuriated fellow-townsman from wreaking terrible vengeance on the unspeakable Itza Bayer, who had the cheek to go around boasting that we owed him a debt of gratitude for having saved us from a dangerous impostor. But if Itza Bayer or anyone else had imagined that Koza's mission would end with his departure, he was to learn differently. Indeed, it was only then that our great guests' preaching and example began to have their real effect. Now that he was gone, Vaslui could stand off and see the vision that had passed over it in true perspective. It became quite clear to us that, for one thing, Koza had done something with his fourteen years in America something very enviable and magnificent. We realized, of course, that he was a fine and clever fellow, and that not everyone could aspire to his attainments, but we argued if a man of genius could in so short a time become a millionaire and an ambassador, then an average chap ought at least to have no difficulty in becoming, say, a police commissioner, and in keeping his cellar perpetually well-stocked with red wine. This much had at any rate become certain. 
there was a country somewhere beyond seas where a man was a man in spite of his religion and his origin if Coza's career and transformation proved anything they proved that in america a human being was given a chance to live his life without interference to become rich and influential if he could and to develop whatever talents were in him to his best advantage even if the informer were right and Coza were a sham america surely was no sham and the message that Coza had conveyed to us was honest anyhow no one from rumania could go to america and do the things that Coza had done in vaslui no it did no good for itza by air and his mournful followers to go around howling that Coza was an impostor that new york was not at all what he had cracked it up to be and that we would find life so hard and so sordid there that we would walk back we let them talk and proceeded in feverish haste to put our enthusiasm into acts now i must confess that i have a very grave doubt as to whether it had been a part of Coza's original plan to effect anything like an exodus from his native land to that of his adoption those who censure and traduce him have said so but then so have they said a lot of other slanderous contradictory things about him perhaps i am wrong but really i do question it surely it was not his fault that my fellow townsmen were so literal and so simple let us remember that he was cautious to the point of taciturnity about his own achievements and accomplishments particularly when he perceived the drift of the impression he was making a less noble character than he could not have resisted the temptation of bragging about his own wealth and influence as he resisted it and let us further remember that it was no voluntary misrepresentation on his part when in a moment of metaphorical excitement he let it be known that he was an envoy of the american government in paris that the statement was forced upon him by my fellow townsmen and that in the deepest spiritual sense it was not a misrepresentation at all the truth is that he was but a member of the great american democracy on a lark when i got to new york the next year i found him inhabiting the fraction of a flat on attorney street the remainder of which constituted a thriving dressmaking establishment mrs Coza was making the dresses and paying the rent and otherwise attending to the material side of life while Coza himself was keeping more or less busy as a foreman in a bedspring factory and saving enough from his earnings to get another frock coat very soon in a merely literal sense therefore it may be said that he had after all not 
been an envoy but he had been something nobler than that he had caught a glorious vision of america where any man might be a millionaire an ambassador or a president what did it amount to that he as a matter of crude fact was not and he had travelled all the way to vaslui to share his vision with us End of chapter 2